Welcome back to Cult of Splat, a podcast where we take a look at movies that RottenTomatoes.com has labeled as rotten, but that at least one of us absolutely loves. I'm your host, Taylor Bartle. Please welcome my co-host, Kevin Nesgoda. Good Friday. What is up? How are you doing today, Kevin? Oh, I'm good. You? Not so bad. Uh, so before we get started, I want to talk to the, the younger generation out there listening and explain to you a little something about this movie. Uh, you see, back in, back in our day, there were these things called malls. Spent a long time at malls growing up. <laughs> they were basically a physical uh, manifestation of Amazon, where it was just a bunch of different stores all in one building. And it was amazing. Even though the mall that I grew up in, that it was just like literally just down the street from me, um, they had a JCPenney's, a Sears, a KB Toys, which is no longer in business, a disc jockey, which is no longer in business. I think Kmart is no longer in business. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a Sam Goody, which is no longer in business. Um, we had an arcade. Yeah. Do kids know what arcades are nowadays? Are, are, do arcades still exist? I don't know. <laughs> so I first played Mortal Kombat. I haven't been to... Like, our mall here in Thousand Oaks doesn't have an arcade. Um, the other malls that I've been to in the LA area don't have arcades. So are arcades dead? Or are they, like, just something you maybe see at, like, you know, mini golf or something? I feel like the new thing is barcades. Like, it's our, the only arcades left are ones with bars in them for adults. That's cool because adults are the only people that probably know what they are. Yeah, exactly. Nobody else knows what fucking Rampage is or... Oh, man. So much money spent on... How much money did you, do you think you spent like a day sometimes in an arcade? Oh. Actually, in today's dollars, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> but in kid dollars, it was yeah, like, like everything. Like 50, 60 bucks in a day? Yeah. Which yeah, can only cost a quarter. <laughs> Yeah, and like you know, most games like sometimes like you know you like the new games would be like fifty cents. Yeah, and there were games and you'd be like a dollar, not playing that. Yeah, screw that. <laughs> and it was like the oh god, there's this one arcade game that was it was a buck and I played it once and it was like had like a hologram like old west thing going on and I could never figure out what to do so like I died like lost my three lives like within fifteen seconds of playing the game I'm like. <laughs> Fuck this. I've never played this game again. It's stupid. <laughs> I wonder what that's called. I should look it up and see if, like, you know, it was one of those games where you just couldn't beat it or it was, like, really buggy or something. Yeah, it doesn't ring any bells. But, yeah, yeah. So, so people our age would just go to the mall. Like, even if you didn't have anything you needed to buy, you would just go to the mall and hang out. Yeah. And these people were given the nomenclature of mall rats, which oh, is the I... movie we're talking about today. I was definitely a mall rat. Yeah, me too. Especially when they first built the super mall. Oh, right. You were you you were lucky enough to have a mall that was more than like 1,500 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mall Rats, 1995, written and directed by Kevin Smith, his follow-up to Clerks. Uh, critics rating is 57%. So it's close. It's close. It's almost there. I think it's our, like one of our highest movies that we'll probably ever do. Yeah. 
uh, audience rating is 82%. So obviously the audience likes this a lot more than the critics. The critics are stupid, as the audience has shown. Yeah. Uh, critics' consensus is Mallrats colorfully expands the Viewisk universe, even if its snoochy has lost a few of the boochies boasted by its beloved predecessor. Mm, God, they really reached for that one. So, so basically their complaint was it's not as good as Clerks. Well, Clerks is a classic, but this is also a classic. It's not like it's, you know, Jersey Girl. Ooh, or even Chasing Amy. Yeah, I kind of like Chasing Amy, but not enough to like for us to do it. Yeah, the show. Same. It was just uh, too too big of a departure from everything else. Yeah, that's the the only good line. Well, not the only good line, but my favorite line of uh, chasing Amy is, "I didn't know you were going to scream black rage." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, and uh, also where I learned the term finger trap, <laughs> which we now call spit roasting today. Yes. At least we do, you and I. I don't know about other people. But. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there are some you know classier people out there who still refer to it as finger trap. Is that classier? I don't know. It sounds classier <laughs> than spit roasting. Uh, the IMDb short synopsis says, both dumped by their girlfriends, two best friends seek refuge in the local mall. Which is yeah. a, a very, very simplified plot. Very simplified. But you know what? That's usually what happened when like when bad shit like went down back in the day. It's like, you know, it's like my girlfriend dumped me. Let's go to the mall. Okay. We would always go bowling. Go bowling? Yep. Every time I broke up with a girlfriend, it was always me. I don't know why, but we always, we always <laughs> went bowling. Yeah. We had a, God, my like 80s hairband used to play in a bowling alley all the time. <laughs> That's when we'd go bowling. That's awesome. Yeah. They built a stage out in the lanes for us. It was, it was pretty sweet. So kind of like Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, pretty much. Which another movie we'll get to. <laughs> uh, so th there are two versions of this movie. There's the regular theatrical version and the extended version. We're going to be talking about the theatrical version. Yeah. Not the extra 40 minutes of the extended release, which added nothing to the plot, really. Yeah, like there's there's a, a throwaway line towards the end of the movie where they say, I hope there's nothing like what happened to you at the governor's ball. And pretty yeah. much the extended version explains what happened at the governor's ball. Other yep. than that, really not a whole lot added. Yeah, and there's also a line early on, or right in the middle of the movie, also where he's like, oh, isn't it my neighbor? Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Which That's like, the only oh, mention. Apparently they're neighbors. Yeah. But I don't think they actually were. I mean, they must have been, right? But but yet he drives from her house to Brody's house. If they were neighbors, why would he? Right. Anyway, let's go ahead and just jump right into this. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we open up just kind of looking over all the stores in the mall, uh, and we get a voiceover from Brody Bruce, played by Jason Lee. His first role. Who I recently found out got out of Scientology, so Mazel Tov. Yay, good for him. Uh, he's giving us a monologue about his cousin Walter getting a cat stuck in his ass. Yeah, typical Brody. <laughs> typical cousin Walter, as we'll come to find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, he bought it at the local mall, so the whole thing wound up on the news. It was embarrassing for his relatives and all, but the very next week, he did it again. Different cat, same results, complete with another trip to the emergency room. 
So I ran into him a week later at the mall and he's buying another cat. And I says to him, Jesus, Walt, what are you doing? You know, you're just going to get this one stuck in your ass too. Why don't you knock it off? And he says to me, Brody, how else am I supposed to get the gerbil out? <laughs> and if you kids don't know this reference, there was a big rumor going around about a gerbil in Richard Gere at the time. Yep. Uh, just some of the stores that we see are Burning Flesh Tanning Salon. <laughs> Classic. Uh, popular girl. Yeah. Rug munchers carpet supply. <laughs> Fashionable mail. <sighs> Buy me toys. And Sabaro. Man, when's the last time you had Sabaro? Uh, when was... I lived in New York. So about a decade? Yes. I don't even know if Sparrows is still around. I used to eat Sparrow all the time on like band trips because we didn't oh, have one in our mall. <laughs> we had like an Orange Julius and... Oh, I loved Orange Julius. There's one... There was one in the Wenatchee Mall before we left. If it's... I don't know if it's still there, but it... it Orange Julius held up. I think there's one at South Center. Oh, cool. God, this is just like a nostalgia run on so far. Yeah, really. Uh, so we get our opening credits, which are all done with like comic books. Each character gets their own comic book. Uh, and the, the great song Social by the band Squirt Gun plays here. Uh, fantastic song. I recommend checking that yeah. out, adding it to your playlist. It, this is such an underrated soundtrack, too. It is. Yeah. Uh, so we see our lead T.S. Quint played by Jeremy London. Yes. OK. Not his brother. Now, there's twins, Jeremy and Jason, and I always have to kind of remember which is which. And <laughs> we're going to have several movies with the London twins in them. Yes, we are. Uh, this one is Jeremy London. Like I said, he plays T.S. Quint. Uh, he's picking up his girlfriend, Brandy Svenning, and they're planning a trip to Florida. Uh, uh, spring break coming up. Yeah, but Brandy is, is clearly distraught as soon as we see her. And she's like, did you tell Julie Dwyer that every time you're on camera, the camera adds 10 pounds? And he's like, yeah, you know, I just mentioned that sometimes you look a little heavier. And she says, yes, she's like, you know, that uh, Julie had the fattest ass in high school. And so when you told her that she went to the YMCA and just started swimming laps. And in the middle of her 700th lap, an embolism popped in her brain. <laughs> she died. T.S. is like, she's fucking dead. <laughs> Which just explodes. I'm pretty sure in Clerks, there was a reference to an embolism popping in someone's brain. It was also Julie Dwyer. And I think Julie Dwyer dies about eight times in 10 <laughs> Kevin Smith movies. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Smith does a good job of putting like little, little tiny references in all his movies. So you'd know that they exist in the same universe without it being just blatantly obvious. Right. Uh, now she talks about how her dad doesn't have a female contestant for his show. We don't really know what the show is at this point, but she says he doesn't have a female contestant. So she's agreed to do it. And TS just loses his mind. And he says, you know, your dad hates me. And this is all a, a big ploy just to break us up. And so she says, all right, well, I guess mission accomplished because you're fucking dumped. And bam. Uh, and then we, we see Michael Rooker's ass at this point. If you ever were wondering what, uh, What's his name in Guardians of the Galaxy? Quando? Something like that. Yeah, if you ever wanted to know what his ass looks like, this is the movie for you. Yeah, or Walking Dead. 
I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> yeah, he's just like flexing in a mirror and his towel falls. Yeah. Um, it was actually in the reflection of the TV. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was the TV. Uh, so we then cut to Renee and the aforementioned Brody Bruce. And Renee uh, is Shannon Doherty. Renee is Shannon Doherty. Yep. Uh, and Brody is sleeping, sitting up. <laughs> and Renee wakes him up and she says, hey, you know, we, or no, she, she wakes him up and Brody starts playing chill. Yeah, he's just like on old school Sega Genesis. Yeah, corded and everything. Yes, and she wants to go have breakfast and meet his mom. And he's like, "No, I can't," you know, because you know breakfast was blind. Breakfast is come and go. Breakfast come and go, Renee. But Hartford, the whale, whale? they only beat Vancouver once, maybe twice twice in a lifetime. lifetime. That's it. And he's up twelve two. Yeah, (laughs) he's beaten the whale a few times. Uh, but yeah, Renee, like they talk about how she hasn't met his mother and he says, well, that's all because you're always in the goddamn bathroom. What are you doing there? And she's like, I cry. And he's like, you cry. So yeah, I think about all the people that make important decisions, the, the doctors that cure diseases and the firefighters. And I cry because I have nothing better to do than fuck you. Ouch. Brutal. Ouch. Uh, so she throws him a letter, which basically says, you know, I'm dumping you. Your ass is dumped. She climbs to the bedroom window. The yep. only way she ever comes into the house. Uh, so T.S. goes to Brody's. We see Brody's giant comic collection. He tell, <laughs> tells T.S., you know, touch not lest ye be touched. Yeah, his comic collection is bigger than some comic book stores. Yeah. It's impressive. But so, you know, they both kind of lament about losing their respective girlfriends. Um, T.S. is is reading Renee's letter and he's like, she calls you callow in here. Brody says, you say that like it's a bad thing. T.S. says it means frightened and weak willed. <laughs> he's like, damn, that's the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. Uh, Brody also delivers the, the classic line, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. Yep, it's true. You know from experience. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, we also find out that TS was going to propose when, when they went to Florida, uh, right when Jaws pops out of the water at Universal Studios. <laughs> really? That's so romantic. It's the most romantic <laughs> thing I've ever heard. I know. <laughs> um, Brody also asks if TS ever farted in front of Brandy. And he said, you know, I, I've never farted in front of Renee, not once, but last week I let one slip. And he's like, what can I say? She was going down on me at the time. I was feeling very relaxed. When I'm relaxed, I squirt, which <laughs> is a horrible way to talk about farting. Yeah. Oh, I just like imagine like, you know, not good things happening. I was like, like you, a know shark. you imagine a shark. a shark. Yeah. And I, you know, if I was. Renee, I would have broken up with him there on the spot. Just like, nope, this is done. Yeah, or like TS says, if all she did was dump you, you got a flight. Yeah, exactly. That that deserved like a knife to the throat. Yeah. Uh, so they go to the mall, the Eden Prairie Mall, which is actually, it's the mall where it's filmed is in Minnesota. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this takes place in New Jersey because it's a Kevin yep. Smith film. Yep. 
They walk in and Brody says, I love the smell of commerce in the morning. But he's so anti-capitalism. That's that reminds me of a line in Clerks when uh, Randall wants to go to the funeral, and Dante says, "You hate people." Randall says, "But I love gatherings." Yeah. <laughs> uh, a man collides into Brody. It's Ben Affleck himself, the fashionable male. Yeah, the, the asshole that runs fashionable male, Shannon uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yep. And he's like, what, you want to say something? And Brody says, yeah, about a million things, but I can't express myself monosyllabically enough for you to understand them all. <laughs> Great line. Yeah, that's up there with like, I don't have the time or the crayons to explain it to you. <laughs> uh, as they're walking through the mall, Brody is, he's got his back turned. He's walking backwards, talking to TS. And he says, you know, you face forward or face shock and damage. And he turns around and he gets hit by a metal beam. Yeah. <laughs> They turn around and they see this big stage is being erected. So they're trying to figure out what it's all about. So they go and they talk to Willem. Ah, yes. Uh, Good old Willem, who's like in everything. Ethan Supley. Yeah. Who, have you seen him lately? He is tiny. He's jacked. Yeah. Yeah, He is no longer about 400 pounds. Yeah. And, but yeah, if you look at him now, he is just jacked. He lost 250 pounds, I saw. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Uh, Willem is staring at a magic eye poster. <laughs> this is a spent the whole movie. Yeah, he says that everyone sees the sailboat, uh, but he's been staring at it a week and can't see a goddamn thing. But today's his day because he brought a lunch and a soda, and he's not leaving until he sees the sailboat. <laughs> and then I love they're like, hey, Willem, what's this stage about? And he's like, it's not a stage. I'm going to see it or die trying. <laughs> No, uh, it turns, turns out the stage is for Brandy's dad's game show called Truth or Date. Which is basically just a complete ripoff of the dating game. Yeah. At which point Brody says, why can't they remake or bring back good shows like BJ and the Bear? Now there's a concept <laughs> I can't get enough of, a man and his monkey. <laughs> uh, so Brody, yes, well, mostly Brody, decides, you know, the, the show doesn't have to happen if we just trash the stage. And right. T.S. is like, it's going to be a little obvious if we do that, don't you think? And he's like, not if we hire someone to do it for us. And he says, well, who is this imaginary hatchet man? Brody says, hatchet men. Mm-hmm. And of course, we're introduced to Jay and Silent Bob. The thread that holds all these movies together, really. Yep. They're hanging out outside the pet store. <laughs> uh Bob is trying to move a cigarette by using the force. And Jay is just being, he's just being Jay. He's moshing. He's trying to hit on women that walk by. And he's also playing with the kitties through the window. <laughs> oh, Jay. Uh, T.S. and Brody approach them, ask him if they can, you know, take this whole thing down. Jay says, yeah. We can do it. Bob's a technical genius. He once made a CD player out of his mom's vibrator using some chicken wire and shit. <laughs> Which is impressive as hell. I don't know how that's possible. You know what? You got you have to uh, you know suspend your belief and you just have to go with it. Chicken wire isn't 
conducive. <laughs> no, I know. It really isn't. It's like the time, like, you know, when I was like eight years old, my dad brought this like six, $7,000 copy printer thing home. And I opened it up and cut a bunch of the wires and tried to make a time machine out of it after watching um, Back to the Future when I was like five. No such luck? No, it did not work. Oh. Was I grounded? Yes. <laughs> was I told never to touch tools or anything that my dad owned ever again? Yes. How old were you? I was like five or six. Oh, okay. 17? 24. This was last week? Yeah. I, I was up helping him move, and I'm like, you know what, Dad? I'm going to make a time machine. Give me some pliers. <laughs> just pliers? Just pliers. I just want to go back to 2019. That's all yeah. I want. I can fix so much stuff if I can go back to 2019. Uh, so Brody tells Jay, hey, you know, we, we need you guys to ensure that this show doesn't happen. And Jay's like, oh, we were going to do that anyway. The fuck else are we going to do? I do. <laughs> but he tells them they ha- that the stage has a weak spot, just like the, uh, the fucking Death Star. He says, you, pu- you pull out this crossbeam and bickety bam, the whole stage comes crashing down. Which is uh, just terrible construction. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, the only problem is LaFour's, the mall's security guard. Uh, but Jay says, don't worry about it. You know, we're going to bust up that show like a high school kegger, X-Men style. <laughs> snicky, snicky, snot. <laughs> and then Brody's like, he's doing uh, uh, Wolverine's uh, Berserker attack or whatever. Yeah. And T.S. Yeah. is like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we, we see Willem back at the Magic Eye and this, I, I guess, uh, field trip of little kids comes up. And they're like, oh, cool. It's a schooner. You dumb bastard. <laughs> you dumb bastard. It's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. Sailboat a is a schooner, stupid head. What? <laughs> there is no Easter Bunny. Oh, just... There, that's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> And anytime you see it, saw an Easter bunny in a mall, did you think of that line? Like, yes. I, yeah, of course. Or I thought about going and kicking his ass, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, T.S. and Brody are having a whole conversation about how Lois Lane could never have Superman's baby. Because uh, according to Brody, I bet he, he blows a load like a shotgun right through her back. Oh, God. Plus, his powers are enhanced by Earth's yellow sun. So if she got pregnant, if she got if she gets a tan, the kid could kick right through her stomach. <laughs> Only way he could bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. But that would kill him. Uh, they then go on to debate the, the food court and whether or not the cookie stand constitutes part of the food court. And this goes on longer than you would think. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm on Brody's side. It's not part of the food court. It's a different portion of the mall. Yeah, I mean, like Brody says, the, the cookie stand is upstairs. The food court is downstairs. It's not fucking quantum physics. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The food court is a designated area, not just any food stand. Yeah, it's just not a random eatery that's like, you know, on the other side of the mall. Yeah. It's I'm not about- pretzels. Brody says something about it being a, a station for mid-mall snacking or something like that. Right. Uh, he then looks up and he says, uh, 
I gotta go. Serge La Femme. It's he sees Renee shopping. He basically tells her, you know, hey, you know, I forgive you. I'll I'll let us get back together. And she's like, why don't you go fuck yourself? Yeah. <laughs> and so he says, you know, if we're really gonna gonna break up, then I need some comic book that she has, uh, my copy of Fletch and the remote control to my TV. Why would she have that? <laughs> That's I was like, and she says, you know, if I have any of those things, it's because you brought them over to my house and left them there. But I'm like, why would he take the remote control for his TV if he didn't take his TV? You know, anytime I went over to a girl's house back in the 90s, I had zero like intuition to bring a remote control over. For a TV that... What did it work for? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he also says, you know, we, we need to talk about visitation rights. And she's like, for what? And he's like, for the mall. This is how important the mall is to Brody. Yeah. The mall is like his church. Yeah. If he was in Scientology. Which again, he's not anymore. Yay. Uh, so we get the first look at Jay and Silent Bob's plan. Silent Bob's going to take a run at LaFour's with a sock full of quarters. Knock him out. Yeah. Jay says, I do it myself, but I pulled my back out humping your mom last night. <laughs> Nooch. <laughs> Classic line. Uh, phase two is Jay pulls the pin out, Wolvie Berserk style, and the, the whole thing comes crashing down. Good so this little, this little kid comes up and he's like looking over Bob's shoulder. So Bob like, you know, acts like he's going to backhand him. Yeah. That kid, the kid needs backhander though. The kid so. runs away. Bob fills up his sock full of quarters, goes rushing at LaForest from like a long way away. He's running all the way across the mall. Yeah, this is like a 200-yard sprint. Yeah. This kid takes like a toy truck and he pushes it right out in, in Bob's way. Perfect Bob's, timing too. Yeah. Bob steps on it and just like goes rolling, drops the quarters right in LaFour's hands. <laughs> goes flying through the lingerie store. Panties and bras are going flying. Everywhere. And then he crashes into the dressing room where Joey Lauren Adams is getting dressed. Yeah. The only boobs. Oh, no, not the only boobs that we see. Well, this part wasn't the boobs because he does it twice. Oh, that's, that's right. That's right. This is when she's putting on the pants. That's right. You're right. My bad. Uh, we see TS and Brody going down the escalator. <laughs> this is my favorite. Brody stops him and he's staring at some kid who's going on the up escalator. And TS is like, what do you know that kid? And he says, I hope his pants get caught in a bloodbath in Seuss. <laughs> TS is like, what's wrong with you today? He says, look, I don't mean the kid harm, but not a year goes by, not a year, that I don't hear about an escalator accident that could have been avoided had some parent, I don't care which one, but some parent taught them to fear and respect that escalator. <laughs> You know, after this, I really feared and respected all escalators, even to this day. Dude, my cousin got stuck in an escalator. Oh, shit. He wore those, like, aqua socks shoes. Oh, no. Yeah. And so it wasn't even, like, a shoelace or anything, because those don't have shoelaces, but the, the toe of it got stuck. I could see that. Yeah. A and girl I did in high school got caught in an escalator. Like, her hand. Oh, shit, really? Did she lose it? No, no, no. It was like, oh. it, there's only some scars, some scarring, but yeah. Yeah. His stepdad like grabbed him around the shoulders and was just like holding him back. So he didn't get sucked into the fucking escalator. Oh my God. Ugh. So yeah, kids fear and respect the escalator. 
Yeah, escalators are still around. This is the only part of the mall that still exists. <laughs> uh, we're then introduced to Trisha Jones, a.k.a. Trish the Dish. Dish. Although she says nobody calls me that. Except Brody. Except Brody, yeah. Uh, she's only 15, but she's a senior. Because she's smart. Yeah, T.S. is like, how'd you pull that off? And Brody goes, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she delivers some of the most like Kevin Smith lines of the entire film too. In like the five minutes she's on screen. Yeah. Uh, we find out she's writing a book about the sex drive of men aged 15 to 30 called Borgasm. <laughs> she, she has already gotten a $20,000 advance from Pendant Publishing. Uh, she will obviously be the youngest author to ever tackle the subject. I don't think legally either. <laughs> Well, no, like that's statutory, right? Yeah. Uh, and and get this, she videotapes all of them. All of it. Which but is she child says, pornography. Yeah. Like, why would you consent to incriminating evidence? <laughs> but she says all the guys agree to it and are actually into it. She says men are easily amused. Yeah. We'll chase a shiny quarter down an escalator if we see it. <laughs> we find out that she slept with Shannon Hamilton because she needed a 25-year-old. Uh, she says, you know, which she tells Brody, he is not a fan of you. And he's like, ew, he talked about me during sex? She says, no, after. He wants to kick your ass. And Brody loses focus. And he's like, that kid is it's back on the escalator. escalator. <laughs> He's just watching this in the entire time, too. Yeah. Trish says, women want romance, not Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Brody says, be fair. Everyone wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Having read Mr. Toad's Wild Ride recently, no one wants Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. No, dude, the, the Disneyland ride. Come on. It's not, not that book. No, it's, it's, really, it's really not that fun. Like, I think I, I write it every time I go just because of this movie. Yeah. And you're bored for the like four minutes and 37 seconds you're on there. Oh, it's not even that long. No, it's like two. It's like maybe. 90 seconds maybe. Yeah. yeah. Also, that's not wild. Is, that ride is dark. You go yeah. to hell. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end of the ride. You get in a yeah. car crash and go to hell. Goodbye. Have a good day. Enjoy Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> and that ride is meant for like five-year-olds. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> That's the wild ride part. <laughs> yeah, that's the wild part. <laughs> uh, she tells Brody, you know, good luck at the comic book shop, Sega boy. Ouch. So he goes to the comic book shop and there's a, there's a sign that says one hour wait. So Brody jumps in front of the line and starts asking questions. He's like, why the hell is there this line? The security guard or whatever. He's like, you know, I, I was warned about you. And we see Walt Flanagan. <laughs> If you've seen anything Kevin Smith has ever done, you've seen Walt Flanagan probably multiple times. Yeah. He's like a poor man's looking like Alec Baldwin. That's generous even. Yeah. A homeless man, a homeless amputee man, Alec Baldwin. Uh, There's actually even a reference to him too. When Jay and St. Bob are getting chased by LaFores and Jay says, man, that bastard's faster than Walt Flanagan's dog. (laughs) I forgot about that line. <laughs> but yeah, Walt Flanagan says, tell him, Steve Dave. 
So apparently this guy's name is Steve Dave. Uh, yeah. There's, actually had, there's a podcast now called Tell Him Steve Dave, which is these guys from the VS universe. Nice. Um, yeah, as, as Brody and the security guard guy are kind of scrapping, you hear in the background, get a medic, there's a little boy stuck in the escalator. escalator. <laughs> and they all take off. <laughs> Uh, they grab some random guy in the in the line and says, you know, why is there a line? He says, oh, Stan Lee is signing comics. And Brody loses his shit because he didn't know. Yeah, he says, how is the creator of some of the most famous comic books ever made come to my ball and get by me? Uh, we then go back to Jay and Silent Bob, who are now working on Operation Dark Knight. <laughs> Which yeah. in this one, the, the plan is uh, Bob gets up on like a scaffolding tied to the ceiling yep. and flies right over LaForza's head, knocks out the pin. Uh, this is where the first time Jay calls him Lunchbox, which is fucking hilarious. Yes. Good nickname. <laughs> it is a good nickname. So we see Bob up on the scaffolding. He's got a helmet with like Batman ears. Yeah. And he like opens up his trench coat and it's got big bat wings. Yep. <laughs> he jumps off and he flies. Jay goes, fly, 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 fly. fly. <laughs> goes right over LaForza's head, knocks his hat off, but he misses the pin. Yeah. And LaForza's is like, huh? What, what was that breeze? Bob once again goes crashing into the <laughs> dressing room. This is where we see Joey Lauren Adams boobs because it just happens to be Joey Lauren Adams again. Yeah. She's the only female in this whole mall at the moment <laughs> besides Renee. Um, yeah, we see her boobies as Bob crashes in and she says, you fuck her and bashes him on the head. <laughs> yeah, and he gets knocked unconscious. Uh, go back to the food court, the actual food court, the proper food court. TS is telling Brody how he was going to propose and all this stuff. And Brody says, you know, you don't, you don't need to propose. You're still in college. My grandma always said, why buy the cow when you can have the sex for free? I love that line. I've <laughs> used that line so many times. Well, not recently, but like, you know, back in like the high school, college dating years is like, yeah. From chatting with you guys, like, yeah. Why buy the cow when you can have the sex for free? And they're like, <laughs> that's a good point. Of course, she became a lesbian on her 60th birthday, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, we then see that Renee is actually at the mall. We, she, we see Renee in a different outfit. Yep. Hanging out with Shannon Hamilton. Uh, she's actually wearing a Degrassi Junior High jacket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, her and Shannon are waiting for the elevator. TS distracts. Uh, Shannon and Brody pulls Renee into the elevator. They start fighting. She tells him that, you know, playing Sega all day has an enormous effect on his libido. He says, now you're going to attack my libido. She says, there's no libido to attack. No libido to attack. attack. Uh, So he grabs her. They fuck right there in the elevator to a great cover cover of build me up buttercup. Yep. God, that was a good one. Um, God, I used to know that band, but I can't recall it now. But hold on. Um, but 
I love they stand up and Brody's like, he's like, yeah, that was romantic, right? And she says, no, that was a little too late. And he's like, too little? You said it was a good size. And she says, if a woman says it's a good size, that means it's small. And once again, he gets crushed. Oh, it was uh, the Goops. The Goops. I knew it was a the band. Yeah. I know it doesn't narrow it down at all, but because everybody was the something like in the late or mid to late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So TS and Brody, they they have to like run out of the elevator because they open on the same floor where Shannon was waiting for him. And TS tells Brody, he says, you know, hey, you you really love that girl, don't you? I never noticed before, but she really feels your engine. You've got this this glow about you. <laughs> Brody says, if I have any kind of glow, it's because I just got laid. I'd look the same if I banged anyone in that elevator, present company excluded. (laughs) Uh, Then Brody says, I suddenly want something very bad to happen to you. At this point, Joey Lauren Adams, who is Gwen, comes up behind TS, who reacts and elbows her right in the tit. (laughs) So she like takes balls up both her hands and just nails him right in the crotch. Yeah, it's like a double swinging axe handle. Yeah. And then like Brody kicks him while he's down. He's like, that's what you get for fucking with me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So TS goes up and he confronts Brandy's dad. He says, you know, you, I know that you had something to do with us breaking up. And the dad says, you know, yeah, I'm as proud of it as I am this game show here. Again, this is Michael Rooker. Uh, I love me some good Michael Rooker. He's good in this movie too. He is. And this was like, I mean, I'm sure he was in some stuff before this, but this was the first thing I really saw him in. Yeah, this is the first thing I remember him in. Uh, He has security take TS away, tells him if he gives you any shit, you have my permission to castrate him. (laughs) Uh, Then we see TS and Gwen talking about like her banging... uh, uh, did I put his name here? No, Rick. Oh, Rick Darris, banging Rick Darris on a pool table at a Halloween party, which is not the only time in the the universe that this is mentioned. Where else was it mentioned? I know they are mentioned Rick Darris in uh, Chasing Amy. I think it was also in Dogma, and I think one other one. Oh, I think the original Clerks. I know they mentioned Rick Darris. But I didn't remember. I didn't remember the pool table thing. But oh no, that was only chasing Amy and Dogma. Okay. Uh, Brody comes up wearing women's underwear <laughs> over his pants. He's like, "I would have made a sexy chick." <laughs> <laughs> and then they, because Gwen tells TS, you know, nobody remembers stuff like me banging Rick Darris on the pool table. And they ask Brody, "Do you remember that Halloween party?" And he goes, "Oh, would that be the one where you fucked Rick Darris on the pool table?" <laughs> He says, how many, or how, uh, how can I forget? How many times do you get to see Smokey fuck the bandit? <laughs> she says, didn't I look just like Burt Reynolds? And they both say, except for the mustache. <laughs> In unison. So Gwen asks Brody, you know, what happened with you and Renee? And he's like, have you ever slept with somebody? I mean, really slept with them, not just fuck them on a gaming table. <laughs> he says, have you, you know, when you're, you're laying behind them and you put one arm around them, T.S. says it's called spooning. He's like, yeah, well, you got to put the other arm somewhere. 
So I, you know, I either jam it in between us or I put it over my head, but then my shoulder pops out of place when I'm laying like that. So I was constantly looking for somewhere to put my arm while still being close to her. And they're like, so? It's like, what do you mean so? That's like a metaphor for our whole relationship. <laughs> and then I love the girl behind the counter goes, I know exactly how he feels. Excuse yeah. me? <laughs> that, that, that line is just like, I don't know. It kills me every single time. Every it's, single time. It's honestly a great metaphor. It really is. It really is. Because how many times have you like, you know, you know, you're in a long-term relationship. I'm, you know, in a long-term relationship. And like, how many times are you? He like, calls his marriage. Yeah. Sorry, my marriage. <laughs> it's only been ten years now. Fourteen together. <laughs> but like, you know, anytime I'm, I'm spooning with like Joanna, it's like, you know, what do I do with my bottom arm? Like, it's gonna fall asleep in thirty seconds. Yeah. And then that scene like plays in my head, and like, goddamn, I'm fucked. <laughs> My arm is just going to fall asleep and it's going to die. <laughs> Which, yeah, as a metaphor, you know, you're constantly looking for a way to be close to her. And yet there's just that one thing that is in the way. Yep. Uh, so Shannon attacks Brody at this point. He grabs him, throws him into like a back hallway or something, punches him in the gut. He t- t- tells him, look, you're one of these fucking worthless mall rat kids. I have no respect for people with no shopping agenda. <laughs> uh, then he, he tells him that, you know, he, he goes after women who have just broken up with their boyfriends because they're usually vulnerable and they're, they're open to things. And he uses that to fuck them someplace very uncomfortable. What? Like the backseat of a Volkswagen? <laughs> no, someplace girls dread, which I think we all know what he's talking about, but. Oh Yeah. Back in the 90s, that wasn't as acceptable as it is in 2022. Yeah, that was pretty pretty taboo. Very taboo back then. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob find Brody all beaten up. <laughs> and Brody tells him that he told the Easter Bunny that the Easter Bunny at Menlo Park was more convincing, so the Easter Bunny kicked his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so Jay and Silent Bob take off. T.S. and Gwen come up. Brody tells him, you know, that the asshole from Fashionable Mail did this. Gwen says, Shannon Hamilton? Oh, I know him. He tried to fuck me somewhere very uncomfortable. <laughs> and T.S. says, what, like the backseat of a Volkswagen? <laughs> it's one of those lines that's not that funny, but gets but, funnier every time someone else says it. Yeah, exactly. And it's something you can, like, you know, bring up and, you know, hang out with the guys. Yeah. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob go to the Easter bunny and just start beating the shit out of him. <laughs> In front of all the kids. Yeah. They're like, this is for Brody. And you see all the kids just, ah! no. And then all the little kids try and fight Jay and Silent Bob. <laughs> Which I'm uh, sure see- is not the only time that's ever happened. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Gwen goes backstage of the show, runs into Brandy. She says, you know, TS is here. And she starts telling him that, hey, T.S. is a great guy. I, I, you know, they, they dated. And she said, I never should have cheated on him all those times. And Brandy says, you know, if, hey, if, if you want him, he's go like, for it. Yeah. yeah. Gwen basically says, you know, I, I might try, but he's hung up on you. So. Uh, yeah. We didn't... Yeah, Brandy's ahead. like, hmm. 
the nugget for getting back together has been planted. Uh, we then see uh, Roddy, who is Brandy's dad's assistant, who, if you've seen Clerks, he he plays Snowball. Yep. <laughs> um, and he says, you know, Mr. Svending wants to talk to you. And they're like, all right, we'll tell him we'll be there in a minute. And Brody's like, look, I, I think you should give him a stink palm. <laughs> and he explains that a stink palm is where you take your hand and you shove it in your ass. Yep. <laughs> and then you shake your hand. He says it's going to take him two days to get that smell off their hand. People, are, His coworkers are going to think he doesn't know how to wipe his ass properly. <laughs> T.S. says, meanwhile, you yourself are stuck with a hand that smells like shit. But he says, small price to pay for the smiting of one's enemies. <laughs> Truth. I've never done the stink palm, though. Uh, I mean, it works for Brody because he, you know, lives at home and I, doesn't seem to have a job. So yeah, he doesn't really seem to have anyone he needs to impress. No. And he's single now. So, you know. Yeah. Normal people like us. I don't know if that's such a good idea. No, no. I, you know, I like to go out in the world. I like to do things here and there. Uh, so T.S. goes and talks to Mr. Svetting, who, you know, basically just tells him, look, you you will never date Brandy again. My daughter is too good for you. I love that there's like music from The Godfather playing underneath this. Yeah. And he like grabs him around the neck, too. And he's like holding him like this. And I'm just waiting for him to Fredo kiss him. Yeah. I knew it was you. <laughs> but as he's like waving to security, Brody comes up, high fives him, shakes his hand and just like starts rubbing his hand. <laughs> Says, feel that iron grip handshake like Burt Reynolds and shit. Another Burt Reynolds reference? Really, Kevin? Yeah, that's two. It's like Archer. Yeah. Uh, He starts rubbing Mr. Svenning's class ring. He says, oh, yeah, that's that's my high school class ring. Come loud 69. Brody says, I also hope to come loud someday, preferably in a 69. (laughs) We all do. Which it's cum laude. I think we all yeah. know it's cum laude, but like yeah. it's w- for the joke. Yeah, you know, we, we, we keep the, like the 15 year old humor going here. <laughs> uh, he then gives Mr. Spending a chocolate covered pretzel, which are all melty. So he like intentionally rubs it on his hand. Yeah. And so Mr. Spending eats and then he starts licking his hand and like you get a super Ugh. close up of his mouth as he's like licking all his fingers. Oh, could have done without that scene. I was just like, gross. Yeah. Uh, at that point, security comes and takes T.S. and Brody away. Has drug planted on them. LaForce yeah. just had, like, you know, a dime bag under his uh, hat. Uh, we see Jay go up to Willem. He tells him, what you need is a fatty, boom, batty blunt, and I guarantee you'll see a sailboat, an ocean, and maybe even some mermaids doing some of that lesbian shit. <laughs> look at me, look at me, you sloppy bitch. That's one of my favorite lines. Like, that's one of my most quoted lines is, look at me, look at me, you sloppy <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good line and then Renee runs up grabs Bob Jay says dude you a magic magnet Brenda <laughs> Brenda which for those of you that don't get the joke was Shannon Doherty's character on 90210 oh, yeah. Brenda dick <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like Kevin said, LaForest tries to plant some weed on them just to kind of keep them out of the mall long enough for the show to go off. 
dirt, 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 Jay and Silent Bob to the rescue. Jay nails the fours in the back of the head with an aluminum baseball bat. <laughs> Clink. And says, come, son of Jarrell, kneel before Zod. Snoochie boochies. <laughs> uh, and Bob uses the Vulcan nerve pinch on the other security guards. Yeah, and they go right down. <laughs> so the four then take off running. The security guards get up real quick, but... <laughs> Real fast. Especially for being bashed in the head with an aluminum baseball bat. I had a friend in high school who swore the Vulcan neck pinch was like a real thing. And he tried it for like two years. He was also like a heavy stoner. And he was just like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get to work one day. Like, you know, sign up Bob in the force in this movie. He's like, he kept trying it over and over and over again. Like, oh, hey, man. Like, when he could come up behind you and do it, he's like, God damn it, it's going to work one day. And he was earnest about it, too. He really thought the Vulcan nerve pinch was going to work one day. I'm pretty sure my cousin used to try it all the time, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I think we all um, tried it. And then, like, ah, that's never going to work. And, like, gave up after five minutes. Not, like, you know, yeah. two years. But, I mean, Bob's trying to use the force, so. True. Uh, they take off running. I love there's this part where Jay like looks back and he sees the people running and he goes, Whoa! <laughs> the noise he makes is so good. It's like, you know, Scooby-Doo cartoon, like perfect. Yes. Bob's like pulling out all these little tools. He's got a vibrating finger that he pulls out. <laughs> um, he pulls out a, a blow up doll. Jay's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then finally he finds what he was looking for, which is a grappling hook. Yeah, because he has like his uh his Batman utility belt or whatever it's called, right? Bat yeah. belt, I assume. And so him and Jay like ascend to the roof. And Jay says, "Where do you get those wonderful toys?" Which of course was a line from Batman. Yep, kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. Uh, Brody and TS go to the Dirt Mall, which is the local flea market. <sighs> and this place is just—it's awful. Yeah. It's like any flea market you've ever been to. Yeah, it's, it's basically an indoor swap meet. Yeah, it ha- like I always imagine it like, you know, those who have been there, like they all have the same funk. It's not a, an aroma. It's a funk. Yeah. You walk in there and it's just like, oh, there's a lot of old half dead things in here. <laughs> uh, we see TS try on a clerk's hat. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Brody talks about how he punched someone's grandma for calling him low class. <laughs> Which you can get away with at a flea market. I love Brody says, only if they're really old. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, they go to Ivana the topless psychic. Uh, Brody says, you know, the, it makes the news easier to take. She could tell me I was going to die in 10 minutes as long as she does it topless. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they go inside, which Brody calls, he describes it as something out of Octopussy. It's true. Um, another one of my favorite lines. Uh, Ivana has this, you know, accent, and she's telling them to to focus because Brody's obviously very distracted. But she says, "Fuck us." Brody says, "That's what Fuck I was us. thinking." <laughs> yeah. Uh, she takes her top off, and she has three nipples, which she explains is how she can do how she can read the the future is with her third nipple. It's like her third eye, but a nipple. 
she tells them they have to combine their efforts. Because uh, she says, you both feel the pain of loss, but only one makes it vocal. The other suffers silently. And Tia's like, oh my God, she's right. And so they, they decide to combine their efforts. Uh, at which point, Ivana rips off her third nipple and throws it in her mouth. Yep. There's some gummy. It's so gross. It is. Uh, as Brody is looking at some lingerie, Stan Lee walks up to him, RIP. One love. And just starts, you know, talking about, oh, that couple in there, they look they look happy, don't they? Brody's just like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, we see Jay gets the gets two of the game show contestants super high. Super high. Like so high they pass out. And I'm like from half a blunt too. Yeah, he says all it took was a fatty boom batty blunt. Uh, we go back to, to Brody and Stan Lee. Brody's asking him all these questions about he's like, you know, does does every part of Reed Richards stretch? Like even his, you know. He also says, Is the things dork made of red rock like the rest of him? <laughs> but Stanley starts, you know, talking about couples again. He keeps going off about couples. And he says, you know, I've had plenty of women. Jagger and me, we had a running contest to see who had the most. Last I checked, I was way ahead. <laughs> to which Brody like slams his hands on the uh, railing and says, damn, that's hot. That's... <sighs> which I love. I love that. Just the way it's delivered. I love that. Yeah. He just nails that. Like you, you can tell this is Jason Lee's like first ever acting attempt. And he's just like, there's like, he overacts through most of the movie, but like that one, he just like, he nails it really well. Yeah. Uh, Stanley tells him, you know, that all these characters are personifications of his feelings, you know, like the Hulk regular guy, one second rage of emotions, the next. And so, you know, Brody kind of puts it together like, Hey, it's, it's true. I love Renee. So I, I got to go, go get her back. Um, we realize that the, Jay only took out two of the contestants. So there's, there's a third. His name is Gil Hicks. Played by Brian. Uh, yeah, go, go ahead. Oh, Brian O'Halloran. Yeah, who played Dante Hicks in Clerks. Yep. So apparently Gil is a relative of Dante's. Has to be. Twin brother. Yeah. That's never mentioned ever again. <laughs> uh, Brody knocks out Roddy, punches him in the face. So we get to truth or date. We're on the show. Uh, the host, Bob Summers introduced Doug Paging, who is who TS is filling in for. Jay says, do it, Doug! <laughs> and I like I, I quote that at like our friend Doug all the time. Yeah. He's I think he's the first person I've ever known named Doug. So it's like I have to just I have to do this all the time now. Yeah. <laughs> I've been sitting on this for 30 years. <laughs> he's coming to help bottle wine in a few weeks, so I'm gonna like yell at him constantly. <laughs> Uh, Bob Summers also introduces Rob Feature, who is actually Brody. Uh, Brandy comes out and she starts asking, you know, the, the, the typical dating game questions. If you were a car, what kind would you be? And TS just says, the kind you never dump your boyfriend in. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> this is so great. She says, suitor number two. And Brody's like, can't you call me the second suitor? Suitor, suitor two sounds like a bathroom code. Yeah. <laughs> Brandy asks, if we were making whoopee, he's like, what's whoopee? whoopee. If, if we were being intimate, what, like fucking? 
says, yeah, well, if we were, well, what noises would you make? And he goes, no, I don't know. I think that's kind of personal. personal. I don't think I should answer that. <laughs> uh, then she asks Gil, she says, you know, what would our first date be? And he says, oh, I would take you shopping for the stores that you want to shop at, which is a running theme. Yeah. That movie about taking girls shopping at the sh- stores they want to right. shop at. Yeah. Which is actually happening to me uh, after we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Smith must have had some kind of issue or something yeah. with the girl. Uh, but Gil says, he, you know, I would take you shopping at the stores you want to shop at. Then we would go out to dinner at the Cheese House. Maybe some golfing. What? Yeah. Uh, and then take in an opera. Maybe Deflator Mouse. Mouse. Yeah. And Brody says, you know, that's that's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. So you're the kind of guy that would beg for sex. And I should know we can smell our own. <laughs> Which pops everybody in the audience. Yeah. Because they're like, yes. yeah, that's true. She then asks TS, if we fell in love, how would you propose to me? And Brody interjects when Jaws pops out of the water. water. <laughs> and then Brandy figures it out right there. Not because she knows, like, you know, the... You know, Jason or Brody's like discernible voice. Like you shouldn't know that voice anywhere. Yeah, really. But it's like that line, just like, wait a second. Yeah, I don't I don't think she fully knows, but she definitely suspects. Yeah, this is a yeah, when she starts to like, you know, put two and two in the in the tool shed. Yeah. Tia says, I propose to you right now. I propose you to let your you I propose you stop letting your father run your life. Uh, you know, and and don't throw away someone that you know has value. And Brody says, and take your socks off when you make whoopee or whatever that word was. <laughs> uh, she then asks Gil, you know, if, if you, or how do you kiss? And she, Like a jackhammer. She names three different things. I don't remember what the other two are, but it, one was like, I had a jackhammer. And Gil's like, definitely a jackhammer. Uh, so proud of himself. Yeah, he's like, I get in there with some pressure. When I'm done, you're not the same. You're changed. <laughs> And Brody's like, that was the cheesiest answer to an honest question I've ever heard. I saw you kiss and it wasn't anything special. <laughs> like, who'd you see me kiss? Some dude backstage. backstage. She seemed unimpressed. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm not, not gay. <laughs> Brody says, uh, Sue arrest. you hear this guy? He's a homophobe. <laughs> He's like, I don't hate gay people. So you love them? Yes. No. Closet, cl- ca- Classic closet case, self-loather. <laughs> And then, you know, the host starts saying, you have to pick one of these guys. And Brody says, hopefully not Rush Limbaugh over here. <laughs> Gil says, okay, I'm not like Rush Limbaugh. And Brody says, why? Because he's fat? Now you have something as fat people too? <laughs> Gil cannot win. <laughs> uh, TS asks Brandy, he says, were you ever in love? And she says, you know, I was, but we broke up. And at, this is the point where Brandy realizes that it's TS. Yeah. And Gil's like, can I get another question? And Brody says, Gil, shut the fuck up. Fuck up. <laughs> um, Brandy asks Brody, would you ever make love in public? And he says, I already did once today. Gives Renee a little wink and a gun. And then he tells the story of his cousin Walter. Again. <laughs> My cousin Walter jerked off in public once. True story. True story. He always says true story. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I, I wish I could remember this one. I didn't write the whole thing down, but he was coming. He was on a plane, I want to say from Phoenix, and the hydraulics quit, and he decides it's all over. So he p- whips it out and starts beating like mad. So all the other uh, passengers 
think that they think that it's all over. So they whip their pieces or whatever, you know, out and they start beating like mad too. So the whole plane is going down when suddenly the plane writes itself. Everyone puts their pieces or whatever, you know, away and nobody speaks about it ever again. Well, did he finish? <laughs> did, he, did he come or what? Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. There's some things you don't talk about in public. <laughs> Poor Gil. Um, yeah, fuck Gil. Yeah, fuck Gil. Nerd. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Brody gives a long speech to Brandy and TS and just says, hey, you know, you, you guys are, are so fucking head over heels for each other. Just get your shit together. Figure it out. Uh, so TS proposes. Brandy says yes. At this point, we go back to Willem. Right as Stan Lee walks by and says, oh, a sailboat. <laughs> and Willem just loses it. This yeah, broke him. Just knocks over all the posters. Um, t- turns out that the, the prize on Truth or Date was a trip to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, Brody takes the mic from Bob Summers, who at this point he calls Pat Sajak. Called, yeah. him, Richard, called him Richard Dawson earlier. Yeah. He you know, tells Renee that he loves her. So Shannon Hamilton starts coming towards him. He says, this tall drink of water coming towards me told me about his plan to penetrate my girlfriend in the most uncomfortable of places. What, in the backseat of a Volkswagen? Yeah, of course, Gil pops up and says, <laughs> says the line this time. Uh, meanwhile, Silent Bob is up on the catwalk, actually hanging upside down, wiring a VCR. He gets a tape from Trish the Dish, but he drops it. So he's trying yeah. to use the force to pick up the tape. Right at this moment, Willem walks up and he's like, when am I going to see the goddamn Kicks the scaffolding, which makes the tape jump right up into Bob's hand. Pops the tape in, hits play, and it's Shannon Hamilton fucking Trish the Dish in a very uncomfortable place. Yeah. Not, Who's your favorite? <laughs> not the backseat of a Volkswagen. No. Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't go on me, girl. <laughs> And Trish and she's is like completely her, impressed. Yeah, she's like checking her nails. Looks so bored. Um, yeah, right at this point, the police have come to arrest, arrest Brody, but he points to the video and he says, that girl's only 15. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton says, 15? She said she was 36. <laughs> 21 year difference. She does not look 25. <laughs> Yeah. Or like even remotely close. Like 18 is what she could pass for. Right. And he tells the cops, come on, guys, tell me you wouldn't have bopped her. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what a rapist would say. <laughs> right. Uh, Brody goes to punch Hamilton. And the cops like, you can't strike a prisoner in police custody just once. All right. Just make it fast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <but> CJ, <sighs> CJ and Simon Bob and Jay is like, if the tape was out of your reach, how'd you get it? The force. You fucking did it. This is Silent Bob's one line in the movie. Adventure, excitement, a Jedi craves not these things. things. (laughs) Uh, Renee comes up on stage. She's now on her fourth outfit, by the way. Yeah. 
which did you ever go shopping and like change into the outfits you bought in the mall? No, never. Right. That's such a yeah. weird thing. I mean, there was times where I ran out to the car to like drop off some bags because like, you know, I was running out of hand room, but like never, ever changed. Yeah. Like sh- shoes. Yeah. I've worn it. And like, you know what? I got some dunk. I'm going to wear these out. Sure. Yeah. But never like, I want to just like outfit head to toe. Yeah. Multiple times. No, no. Right. Um, Brody and Renee get back together. He asked Renee to come meet his mother, which was a big point of contentious. Um, the studio execs come up. They tell Mr. Spending, Hey, you know, the show's a piece of shit. It's unoriginal. It's garbage. The only saving grace was this guy. Yeah. And I love he says, have you ever considered hosting your own talk show? And Brody goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now we get our closing montage. It's very, you know, animal house. Yeah. It says Brody t- uh, took over the tonight show, but yeah, still with his parents. Yeah. Uh, Renee is his band leader. T.S. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, T.S. and Brandy get married at Universal Studios as Jaw pops, Jaws pops out of the water. Yep. Uh, Trisha's book spent 72 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list. The movie yep. will be out this Christmas. Shannon's in jail where he's definitely raped. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon, it's, it says Shannon made a lot of new friends at the That's, Rahway Correctional Facility. <laughs> all, all we see is a hand holding a bar and then a second hand comes over and has love written on the knuckles. Yeah. And Ben Affleck's like, oh God, no. Uh, it says Willem eventually saw the sailboat. Really? <laughs> he looks up at the camera. Really? He was so hopeful and excited. He's like, he's like, you almost feel bad for him. It's all he wants in life. Uh, then it says Jay and Silent Bob and Suzanne, who is apparently an orangutan. As Suzanne by Weezer plays in the background. Right. He says, well, that's a whole other story mm-hmm. as they walk off into the sunset. Yeah. And it's like Jay and Silent Bob will be back and chasing Amy. Or I think it was chasing Amy. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. That's Mall Rats. This is a great movie. It's so good. This is a movie you can watch weekly if you wanted to and pick up something new. And like There's Kevin just, Smith has the style where like everything is so fast. Yeah. But it's not like to Gilmore Girls part where it's no. just like, it's where it's like, whoa, slow down. I don't even understand what you're saying. But just like there's no like real lulls in action. Mm-hmm. It's for a movie that's a, it's a tight 90 minutes. Yeah, it, it, it's a quick thing. This movie feels like it's 20, 25 minutes. Like, it's like a sitcom. It feels like you're watching a sitcom. Yeah, like, really, the only part that I really check out is when Brody starts giving his speech to T.S. and Brandy. Yeah. And I'm just That's like, okay, yeah, this, this is great. We, we know the end game here. Yeah. It's like, you, it, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Um, but funny, um, quotable, which is a big thing on this show. Yeah, we love movies that are quotable. Yeah, because we quote movies at each other like all goddamn day. <laughs> right. Um, you know, sweet. At the end of the day, it is still a rom. It's a rom com. Yep. Um. But yeah, I like Brody is that relatable every every man, and TS is like the you know the guy we all aspire to be. Yeah, TS was who I thought I was in high school. But and I Brody, wasn't. And Brody is who you actually were in high school. Yeah, exactly. I was the guy who was like constantly playing Sega, getting shot down by girls all the time. Right. Yeah. Hanging out at the mall with my friends. Not buying a goddamn thing. Well, I'd buy a CD every now and again, but you know. 
yeah, I, I always went to Hot Topic and bought the like $5 compilation CDs. That was my my mall stop every time. The, yeah, the- I go to the bookstore and uh, disc jockey. <laughs> then the arcade. Oh, of course. Yeah. So yeah, big strong recommend from both of us uh, for Mallrats. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Watch it multiple times. Own it. Yeah, if you watch it once, you'll watch it multiple times, I bet. Yeah, and I'm still pissed. Like, like I told you, like, was it last night, night before, that I had a signed Mallrats shooting script by Kevin Smith, and then my ex-fiance, who is very evil, threw her away. Very evil, not very nice? Very evil, not very nice. The uh, devil. <laughs> the devil. Evil. Evil. From the fruits of the devil. Uh, I have a signed copy of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Nice. Which is another movie we will talk about on this podcast at some point. I think we have it on the schedule. I believe so. I think it it has like a 2023 date. Yeah, our schedule is not. That's not going to hold up. I can already tell you. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Not with like uh, the adding of another 150 movies. (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Cult of Splat. Thank you for listening. Uh, I think we're finally starting to, to hit a good groove. I think we, our sound is probably as good as we're going to get. We do do this remotely. I don't know if we've ever mentioned that, but um, Kevin is in California. I'm in Seattle. So it is remotely, but I think we're, we're getting to a good place sound-wise without spending a lot of money on equipment. Yeah. And eventually I think we're going to open a Patreon and we'll have some bonus content that you can pay for. I think yeah. we have some it ideas may, that you'll really like. It may not be through Patreon, but we will we will do bonus. Well, I mean, if if there's a demand for it, we'll we'll do some bonus content too. Yeah. And yeah, like Kevin said, we've we've got a few ideas, and some of them are really fun. One of them is something I definitely think about every time I watch a movie, but I won't yeah. spoil it. <laughs> I really like that idea when you told me about it. And there's also some things that we want to steal from other podcasts that we're trying to figure out how to make our own. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy and James and Sarah. (laughs) Uh, So until next time, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, Give us a five-star rating if you can, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever they let you. It takes two seconds. It really does. You don't even have to put words in. You can just do five stars. If you want to put in words, you can say, you know, oh, these guys are funny. Or you can say, you you can say they smell like asshole. I don't care. Just give us five stars. They smell like a stink bomb. Yeah. Uh, you can also follow us on social media. We're on all. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Cult of Splat. Uh, you can also follow me at the Taylor Bartle on Twitter and Instagram. Kevin, where do they follow you? At Kevin Nascota. And so there you go. Uh, that's going to do it. We will see you next week. Until then, see ya. Bye.